0: My book is actually breaking my heart. I am fantasy and paranormal romance author Leslie Penelope, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello, friends. Today is Sunday, January 15th, 2023, and this is episode 201 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So this week's best thing is is actually started recordings for my course that i'm putting out i've got four videos done i feel like i have like at least six or seven to go but it's moving forward it's moving along i'm super happy (laughs) and i am ready to do the beta program so there's a very limited number of slots available for course beta testers you get in for a big discount and um I just need some feedback. I need some pressure testing or something. I don't know. So yes, if you are interested in becoming a beta course tester, then you can go to myimaginaryfriends.net slash beta, B-E-T-A. The link is in the show notes. Like I said, super limited number of slots. So if you get to that form and it's already full, then you do have the opportunity to pre-order the course at a discount from the launch price. I also want to know if it works for non-sci-fi and fantasy writers too, because the class is called Imaginary World Building, Creating Fantasy Worlds for Writers. I called it that because of like SEO purposes. I wanted the words fantasy and world building together in the title so that search engines will find it eventually. But I do think that the class works for anyone, like contemporary, historical, whatever genre. You have to build a world, and there's similar concerns. Even if you're not creating magic systems and you're not creating whole other societies, there are many societies inside every world. But my initial like push is just going to be fantasy. But I'm hoping that either in beta or in the regular course, um, I get people who do not write, do not write sci-fi and fantasy, just to make sure things are working as I think they are. That's kind of the whole point and right now the class is going to launch february 1st it's really just going to be whenever i finish it but that's my hard deadline i think it will be early so once all the modules are done i'm i'm putting them up as they as i finish them so if you do get into the beta program then i'll send out the uh, login information to those people and you know there's two in there right now there's a total of eight modules each of them have one to two videos although i i don't know exactly because i haven't finished them i've only done the first four oh, parts of the first four. Anyway, that is the plan. That's what I'm really excited about. All my energy is going there. I missed a bunch of emails. I did like a lot of other things fell off my plate because I was focused on trying to get this done. We're trying to get get like a process together because, you know, I've been planning the lessons. I've been making the workbooks and then finally recording the videos and also my voice like I did two today. I did one yesterday, and then I did a podcast interview yesterday, so my voice is really stressed. I've been thinking about trying to take some kind of voice class, like vocal lessons. A, I would love to learn how to sing. I am a terrible singer. I can't hold a tune. Anyone who's heard me at karaoke knows that I love karaoke. Like I passionately adore karaoke, but I am a terrible singer. That does not stop me. I would love to learn how to sing, but also just to breathe, how to use my voice so that I don't lose it when I talk for a long time. um, That'd be a worthwhile thing for me to do. I just haven't looked into that much, but I know you're supposed to breathe from your diaphragm and I don't understand how to do that. So I am a little bit gravelly right now. And my dogs are dancing around on the hardwood floor. If you can hear that, sorry. They're very active right now for some reason, but I need to record now before my voice gets any worse. So my writing update I've been working on Beastly Kingdom. That's going really well. I am almost back on track. If I had written today, I would have been back on the schedule that I created, but I was tired and I felt like I needed my day off. I can do six days a week. Seven days a week is probably just not good for me mentally, emotionally, energetically. So I'll have to take that L and maybe next weekend I can catch up or not. Maybe I'm just a day behind and that will be how it is. It's fine. It's going really well. Um... Write the scene, I got stuck this week, but I sat down, brainstormed, fixed it, kept kept moving forward. I did start to feel like I'm drying up, you know, like the well is starting to dry, and so I've been looking for ways to fill it, but overall, things are going well. I'm sticking to the plan now for the Black Towns book. I did finish my read through last week. I reviewed all the notes that I had gotten from my editor and from my brother, who is my first reader, seeing the places they overlapped, the places they differed, and just getting a sense of my own feelings of what's wrong. And I think the book is broken. I mean, I talked last week about, you know, my editor's feedback. I didn't have any opposition to what she was saying. It's just, how do I fix this? So diving back into figuring out how to fix it. And it was really interesting because I'm creating these workbooks for my course, but I actually went through the first workbook as part of the revision process for the Black Towns book, and it was really helpful. And so the first part of the course is all about solidifying your story idea because everything else comes from that. So even though it's a world building class, the world has to come out of something and the world comes from the idea, which is where the story comes from and the characters, and when I revise, I often just go back down to the basics. Like I, I, I like to think of it as as like a renovation where you take everything down to the studs. So drywall comes out, floor comes out. It's just the basic structure, which is going to stay the same, or maybe it will change. I don't know. But like for this metaphor, it's going to stay the same. And I have to rebuild. I have to be willing to do that. So willing to take everything down to its just most the original idea. What was that story seed that I had? And then trying to figure out what is this book about and where did I go wrong and how can I fix it? So I went back to my original inspiration, my original idea. When I was driving across that bridge in Vermont, I had this idea. We were driving over whatever that lake is in Burlington, Vermont. And that's where the story came to me. And so we're that trying to see what did I think this was going to be. I wasn't sure, but I had this energy around it. And I went back to what I was really excited about, about the idea, why I thought this was a good story to tell. All of that original energy, trying to recapture that so that I can compare that to what I have. And hopefully that will help me figure out what went wrong. So yeah, the course represents my process. That's what I'm teaching And it's actually what I go through and and having the convenience of the workbook. Whereas before I was kind of, I was doing these same steps, but building the course allowed me to really codify it for myself and it's very useful for me. So I'm really hopeful that it will be useful for other people. So what I did was go through that. I ended up with this vision statement of the novel that I wanted and having that clear in my mind, you know, I'm letting my subconscious work on it when I'm not. I'm giving it at least an hour a day of focused thought writing notes, brainstorming. I had some ideas last night as I was going to bed about character changes that I could do because I do think several characters need to change and I'm trying to design all of that. The next thing I did was a mind map. So while I was doing the read through, and I was kind of story grading it out, I was filling out my spreadsheet about what was happening in the story. And that spreadsheet just lists each scene, the goal, the conflict, the turning point or character change of the scene, and things like the date like what days is happening, because I have to organize to make sure I know the calendar and then any notes about what I might want to change. And so I worked through that. I was also making notes in my notebook, just other observations and things. And I made a list of themes and concepts that I was playing with. So I did a new mind map. And then after I did it, I found the original mind map that I did when I was first plotting it. And I mean, it's a lot of overlap. It's very, very similar. But there are differences between what I thought this book was about and what this draft, the first draft was about. So mind mapping was was helping me to identify the, the the connections, the themes, like I said, maybe image systems are there like extended metaphors that I could be using, you know, it's a story about a dam being built and threatening this town. So there's lots of water imagery, the town that the town is on the edge of a river and the river is very important to it, and then there's the fantastical world which is very water-based and yeah, so there's like renewal, rejuvenation, our themes. Redemption is a big theme. And the, the mind map was just a cool way to focus my thoughts. So I did that in the program Whimsical. I looked through Miro, which is another similar program. And I think I just like the interface of Whimsical more. I can't remember which one is cheaper. Miro might actually be cheaper, but I'm, I'm using the free versions of both of them because I have some stuff in Miro for some books and some stuff in Whimsical. It's the byproduct of liking tools and wanting to test out different tools and try to see which one works for me. And sometimes they're just different tools are better for different things like mind mapping and Whimsical. I think I like it a little bit better than Miro mind mapping, but I think I like the sort of sticky note feature of Miro maybe a little better, but I, I was using it in Whimsical. That's neither here nor there. Uh, they're both fine programs, and one day I'll probably have to pay for one of them. And throughout this process, I'm thinking about these the characters because that's kind of where I'm going to start. You know, I think that the plot action has to come out of the character, and I do need to make some tweaks with, with the world building as well. But for now, first step is trying to figure out the characters and by changing their traits, their personalities. It, something has to shift, like my main character. This book is first person, so we're in her head for the vast majority of it, and the voice isn't strong enough. And I was actually talking to a couple of other authors about voice, and you know, the monsters we defy. The voice of that was so clear early on; like I heard it, I captured it, and I get a lot of positive feedback about voice, which just the like, the authorial voice, the narrative voice, is very specific and very unique. And I was trying to do something specific, so for this book, I decided to do it in first person. Uh, past tense. But the voice isn't singing. And I think it's because the character needs some work. So I was revisiting the character profile that I did, which is pretty detailed. Not only the main character, but side characters need work too. And so I was thinking everybody who comes on to the page needs a goal, even if they're a side character. You know, the way that side characters come to life and feel vibrant and feel like maybe they could even be the protagonist of their own story is they're they're dealing with something. They've got goals. They've got obstacles. They've got everything that my main characters have. It's just we're not focused on their goals. We're focused on Jane's goal. She's my main character. But I think everyone needs more character, like maybe quirks. Quirks is a, is a shorthand. You know, everybody can't have some like ridiculous quirk that that would just be distracting. But I do think more quirks are needed for where the manuscript is right now. Even though I'm not in anyone else's head, they just need to be more alive on the page. And yeah, those were the things that I was working on this week. I'm going to continue with that. I'm trying to think what my strategy is. I think I'll just keep going through the workbooks for the course for this book and kind of stress testing everything because, you know, they're just as valuable at the beginning of a story as they are in a revision. I'm doing the same things that I would do if I was starting a new story from scratch Because I approach revision like that, like I, I'm not starting exactly from scratch. I've got a lot going on, but I'm willing to change any of it. And I need to know what stays, what goes. Because during the read through, like prose wise, it's fine. You know, I think it's clean. I've written enough that it's not a mess. Prose wise, it's just it's just not hitting the way it needs to be hitting. So lots to do, lots to think about. (sighs) The next step course-wise is to connect the original idea, the inspiration, the vision of the story to the world. And I'm actually in process with that. So looking at what did I build? Is it what I needed to build? How can I improve it world building wise? And in this book, there's the town and then there's the fantastical world. And both of those need to be vibrant and feel alive and all of that. So I will be going through the second workbook and completing that and just moving along the process. So yeah, these are the steps that I'm using to fix a broken book, and more later, because I'll be doing this until April when it's due. I was also reminded by one of my critique partners that she said that on her Facebook, you know how the memories come up of things that happened X number of years ago. So when was I working on Requiem of Silence? That book came out in 2021, so I was writing it in 2020, so it must have been Two year old memory, two or three years old, whatever, <laughs> whenever that was. About, I, I remember I was basically in this situation with Requiem of Silence, which is the fourth Earth Singer Chronicles uh, novel. I went through a lot with that book, and I I think I, I wipe it from my memory banks. But there are plenty of podcast episodes about it. And I haven't really listened to them yet. Maybe I should. Maybe that would make me feel better. But, um, I know I got through it, and I really am very proud of that book. I love that book. So that is more evidence in the column of "I can get through this. This is going to be okay." because that book was very broken the first the first draft, and I had an ex- external editor read it um, just to give me a manuscript evaluation. And anyway, So what came up on my friend's Facebook uh, feed was this thing that we were talking about when I was in the mastermind, kvetching about this book, F joy. That was uh, the advice that I was given from one of my critique partners. I was like, I'm not finding joy in this process in this book. And she was like, F joy, you know, like, that's not what this is about. You're a professional. You You have to work. Writing is work. It's not always going to be joy. And at that time, I put on a sticky note and I stuck it on my monitor and it was there for a long time. And I don't, I guess she posted about that on her Facebook because then it came back as a memory. <laughs> I don't know exactly what was going on, but I'm in a different place now where I don't expect there to be joy. I don't know why I would have ever expected that. I think maybe it's natural though, as, as you're creating art, you're wondering, is this struggle indicative of something unfixable, like unfixably broken in this? Or is this is this just the process? And because I'm not finding joy in this, does that mean it's wrong? Like, am I broken? Is the book broken? The book is broken. I don't think I'm broken. And I don't expect to find joy at every part of the process. Fixing this, when I figure it out and I get that synopsis that I'm going to use to rewrite the book, that will be very joyful. I I'm predicting it, I'm calling it now. But until then, it's button chair, it's work and it's not unfun. Like it's a puzzle box, you know. I'm not a person that ever did a lot of jigsaw puzzles, but on the rare occasions I have just that feeling of completion when you have this hundreds and I've never done more than like three or four hundred pieces because I don't have patience for that. My brother, on the other hand, is great. He used to do those 3D puzzles. I could never, my brain just didn't did not compute. Um, but yeah, that, the feeling of, of accomplishment when you've done this hard thing and you've put it together and you figured it out and you didn't know how you were going to do it at the beginning and you weren't quite sure you could. That's joy. But another tip and a thing that I've been doing because I do feel a little bit dry and a little bit like I need to refill the well, which I'm working on. There's a lot of dog scratching happening here. So sorry about that. But I've been using, um, random generators for certain things. So fantasynamegenerator.com is a wealth, like a huge treasure trove of any kind of generator, name generators of all cultures around the world, just about any kind of fantasy creature you might want to think about. Um, town generator, prayer generator, spells generator, it, there's hundreds, there's hundreds there. So I use it a lot. And so that randomness, like if I have an idea, if I need to name a plant, I will go there. There's a plant name generator. Now I'll I'll look at that. I don't usually use exactly what they give me. I'll, I'll either combine some things or I'll just, it'll spark something that fits my world and the world building that I'm doing. But yeah, that introducing the randomness and not having to think about every single thing is really helpful. So at the beginning of the Beastly Kingdom revision, I just made a long list of names, you know, just... People are going to have names, some, you know, names like American names. So some of them are English ish, some of them are from other cultures because there's been a lot of migration that's happening. I've got characters of all races. And so if I'm not describing their skin color, then I'll give them a name that might indicate what, you know, what ethnicity they are or just give you the sense that these people are from all over and they were, they're not just monolithic. I love that site. I have probably talked about it before, but not enough because it's wonderful and it needs a lot more attention. So fantasy name generators, plural.com, link in the show notes. It's wonderful. Highly recommended. Other things, recommendations. I, I watched the movie The Menu with Ralph Fiennes and the girl from the chess movie, Anya. I can't remember her name, Taylor Joy, Anya Taylor Joy. And yeah, it was really interesting. It's like a thriller, sort of a dark comedy, satirical in a way, very interesting, worth watching. I enjoyed it on many levels. It was weird, but I liked it. I don't want to, I I can't even tell you what it's about. It's about a restaurant, like a creepy restaurant where the evening turns bad, you know. And I'm currently filling the well by reading a book by Sarah Addison Allen, who I have loved a lot of her books in the past. I read her many years ago. This one is Other Birds, and I'm I'm in the middle of it. I'm listening to the audiobook, but I'm really enjoying it. And it's about a condo with five apartment units in it on an island off the coast of Charlotte, I believe, or one of those. <laughs> I'm thinking of Charlotte, North Carolina. I think that's what it is. But then I was thinking, what's it South Carolina? I think it's Charlotte. It's off the coast of one of the Carolinas at any rate. I've obviously incorporated a lot about this book. But yeah, it's multi-POV, lots of interesting characters being built with their own stories. They're all unique. I'm finding a lot that she's doing that I'm really enjoying. And so it's a book that's nothing like my book in any way, really. But it's really good storytelling. Sarah Addison Allen does like magical realism, the edge of fantasy. I don't know if you would call it complete fantasy. It's always our world, all the books that I've read from her. But there is that layer of magic. There's ghosts. There's inexplicable things. They're always usually Southern stories. Garden spells I really loved. Um, Yeah, I've read most of her, her earlier books. So yeah, I was excited to, ch- to check this out because it's something I can read that's not the same genre as what I'm writing, but it's still really well done and is kind of feeding me. So I'm looking for more things like that that I can use because I was I was brainstorming and trying to come up with ideas, and I was just feeling a little dry, and that doesn't usually happen to me. And I've been trying to feed the well, but I don't think I've been using high enough quality materials to feed to fill the well. So I have to like elevate my source material to keep the inspiration flowing so that I can get through these books that I have to write. There was a, a tweet from author Erin Roberts that I thought was really interesting. And she says that one of my favorite things about teaching is the way it gets me to think about writing differently. Today's thought Each of the letters in SMART goals, which are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time bound, is also a way to think about how magic works in the worlds we build. Is the magic specific to certain beings or people, or is it general? Is it measurable, controllable versus chaotic? Is it achievable or elusive? Is it realistic in its effects or completely gonzo? Is it time bound or is it ever present? And then she asks, it's probably half-baked, But I thought it made a lot of sense. Like it really resonated with me. So I, I clipped that. Like I think about smart goals when it comes to just regular goal setting, trying to get what you want out of life and, you know, create your task list, organize productivity. But I think it does apply to magic systems. And I do have sort of my own little grid of when I'm creating a magic system, but this could be applied to it too. And I think it'd be. A little bit outside the box, and then there was this really short video I came across on YouTube. I think she's a an athlete, and uh, she talks about the rule of thirds, like having a really bad practice. And her coach told her that it was okay because when you're trying to achieve something hard, you know it works in thirds. A third of the time you're working on it, it's going to be great. A third of the time you're going to feel okay, and a third of the time you're going to feel crappy. So if you're having a bad day, it's just one of your one third crappy days, but. If you look over the length of time you were working on this, you know, trying to achieve this goal, it approximately falls like every day is going to approximately fall into one of those three camps. And I find that to be true. You know, like I'll be sailing along, things are great. I mean, that's my one third of the time when it's good. And if I'm in a crappy time and I'm unsure about everything, it's probably about a third of the time. And the other third is like it's okay, it's good, okay. I feel like maybe at different projects, at different times. Like I might be in, I'm in a good stage with Beastly Kingdom and crappy slash okay stage in the Black Towns book, but it's cool. That's just the way it goes. And that was just something inspiring that it works across everything that you're trying to do when it's not an easy task, like creating a novel, running some kind of race, whatever, whatever sport. They're all hard, hard for me at least. So that is it for me for this week. Goals, keep writing that's it. Keep working on the course. Try not to let everything else slip through the cracks again. Um, I still have a list of people I need to email and get back to, but I'm working on it. And yeah, that's all I can, all I can keep up with. This episode drops on Martin Luther King birthday holiday. So happy MLK day. I bet you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you next week. For episode show notes and to sign up for the Footnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriends.net. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, watch the video episodes on YouTube. You can email me at podcast at lpenelope.com. And I would really appreciate a rating or review to help support the show. My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcasts.